Off the Record is a show from 88.1 WKNC in which DJs talk with artists about everything from their music to upcoming tours to former bandmates' birthdays. Make sure to follow WKNC on SoundCloud and Tumblr so you never miss a beat. Enjoy. This is DJ Beowulf in studio at WKNC with Mbala, our our double barrel benefit artist for night two. <laughs> well, hello. Thank you for being here. No problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, have you ever been affiliated with WKNC in the past? In the past. I feel like um, one of the stations tweeted at me one time. Sweet. And was like, oh, now playing Bala. I can't even remember what song it was. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, um, But I've come up to WKNC probably, I would say maybe once or twice. I know that I came up one time. I was managing a hip-hop duo like mm, two, three years ago. So they came up here for an interview. Um, Are they still active? They, well, they broke up and it became one artist, Danny Blaze, who now mm-hmm. is like a solo artist. So he- Are you still his manager? Um, I was for a little bit and now he just kind of does his own thing. Okay, I cool. think once- um, my career kind of started picking up. It was hard for me to balance both. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess speaking of management, are you managing yourself as well? Yeah, I don't have a manager or anything. I don't like I don't have a team like I, all of this just comes together with me. I mean, every so often, of course, I have some like good friends who are great with video and, you know, friends who like do photography and stuff like that. But in terms of just like booking my shows and stuff, that's that's all me. Very, very cool. I know that uh, Raleigh and the Triangle are um, kind of hot spots for DIY musicians. And yeah. so I think it's really cool that you're still following that grassroots apo- uh, we- approach. Thank you. Absolutely. However, I know you're not native to the area. Yes. Um, do you want to give the listeners a little insight as to who you are? Yeah, this is usually like a super daunting question for me because I'm like, oh my goodness, I have to say all these things. But um, I was born in Paris, France. Um, and I grew up in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. because my dad was ambassador of Cameroon. So Cameroon is a country in so- Central Africa. Mm-hmm. So my family is from Central Africa. Um, but by way of his job, there was just a lot of traveling. So we lived in D.C. for quite a while. And then, um, I mean, I kind of skipped a couple of countries, but I was literally there for like a couple of months. So it doesn't really yeah. matter. And then... Um, uh, I came to North Carolina because I went to UNC Chapel Hill, which I'm proud of. But <laughs> no, know. it's okay. You know what? Uh, we are Wolfpack fans here at WKNC, <laughs> but we have no hate towards the Ram cool. State. So we are all good. Cool. Um, do you like North Carolina so far? Do you feel that it's been a good place to develop your music? I think absolutely. Just... Um I think I think the scene was just has been super duper supportive, you know, and it just uh, creates there's a lot of room in the scene for you to kind of find yourself, you know, Um, and there's no there's no pressure on that front. You know, places that kind of have their established sound, you kind of are, you know, a lot of people end up having to sound like they're from there. You know, like if I was in New York, you know, there's like a a typical, you know, boom bap type situation. And then um, Atlanta has a super duper trappy style. And so I had the opportunity being here to just kind of figure out who me is and just kind of go with that lane. 
Well, I'm very so, yeah. excited to uh, explore who you are, who yes. he is in yes. this article or this interview. <laughs> um, so you call yourself Tribal Trap, and you were just mentioning how different areas of yeah. uh, the country have different sounds. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like Tribal Trap is a, a moniker adopted by any specific region. How did you fall into that? Um, it just came up after I was recording um, the first single off this project, which is Illegal. And because um, I, I, was, I was listening to like a lot of trap but I really wanted to be myself on it you know mm-hmm. and it wasn't um I mean typically trap yes now there's like a sound but trap music is like you know um typical like like Atlanta based not necessarily even Atlanta but it has usually to do with like selling drugs which I don't do that <laughs> you know I don't uh didn't grow up in a trap never really experienced it but definitely adopted the sound that comes from that because I was just doing a lot of trap listening you know so um and me being from Cameroon, I was just like, all right, well, I'm really kind of being myself on, you know, this, these like trap drums, you know? So what, like, what is the name for that? I don't know. I didn't know. And it just, I just kept saying things and um, tribal trap just kind of came to me. It has a ring to it. It has a ring to it. Yeah. And it's like, it's hard because I'm not always on trap beats. So it's like, oh, I really have to kind of, I don't want to force myself to have to fit into that box, but it works for a lot of the songs that I've done and it works for just the energy. It's just this very, Mm -hmm. sometimes um, I do a lot of, uh, I would say Caribbean, Afro-Caribbean like intonation when I, when I sing. So it kind of works um, for most songs. That actually leads pretty well into my next question. I was going to ask how your um, internationality has helped you develop your sound? Well, um, I would say that with my family being a family that traveled a lot, um, the one thing that they were always taking with them was the music, you know, because, I mean, you leave everything behind, you know, sometimes you leave the food behind, you leave mm-hmm. some of the customs behind, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the things that I have three brothers and um, three older brothers and a sister that they would always bring was the music. So I was just ex- exposed to all these different genres. So, 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 so young. Um, so I guess that became one of the reasons I started, you know, thinking of myself as a global citizen, yeah. really. And I, um, I went to an international high school in D.C., so um, people of just all nationalities. So in that respect, I I think I I come from um, the like a musical perspective where I'm just like the lyrics are super important to me, but I want to make sure that the music is um, is universal. Right. And yeah. um, I think you're definitely hitting on a market there with uh, taking trap, but making it your own. So yeah. I definitely see a, an expansive future for you. <laughs> and I'm really glad that you've been able to uh, perform at Double Barrel Benefit for us. Thank to, you guys for having me. It yeah. was such a surprise. I was so excited when you guys hit me oh, up. We're trying to strike the iron while it's hot. <laughs> that way, when you're uh, when you're really big, you can be like, yeah, I played Double Barrel. It's where I started. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, you've probably done stuff that's bigger than Double Barrel already. I know that you performed at hopscotch recently yeah Yeah. that was really cool i opened for miguel at hopscotch and that was super unexpected too i don't even know it always comes i mean and i think that every creative can kind of relate but you know you just you do have those moments where you're like oh my gosh am i done here like because it's you know it's it's hard it's hard Mm -hmm. to keep going and um not necessarily know you know whether or not people are connecting with you and it was just in one of those moments where i was contemplating what the next direction was going to be i mean i know that i'm never ever ever going to leave music because i just i just love it you know but i just was like trying to see what the angle was exactly you know where i was going with it if i should take a break and um 
yeah, Hopscotch hit me up and they asked me to do Hopscotch. And I was like, all right, cool. That was a goal yeah, that I set. Yeah, that's a big festival. Yeah, and it's a goal that I had set. That, that was the thing I, that I knew I wanted to do in 2018. So, um, well, congratulations was, on meeting your goal, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. So that was cool. But then maybe a couple weeks later, um, I was starting to get into, okay, I need to, I need to promote. I need to start promoting. So um, I wanted more information. I just, I didn't know anything other than the fact that I was doing hopscotch. Right. So um, I hit them up and they were like, I was like, Hey, you know, what time do I go on? That's all that I asked them. And um, they're like, well, right now we have you on a three person stage with Miguel and division. And I was like, what? That's crazy. It really didn't process. Like I just read it and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I'm thinking maybe they're going to add people and stuff. I was like, all right, well, when can I announce? And he was just like, um, like, just hold off. So I did for like an hour, but then I had my phone started going crazy. And there were people just like, oh my God, like you're opening for Miguel on the main stage. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I had no idea that it, it had that that's what it was going to be. Yeah, they I released the schedule pretty early this year. Yeah, I didn't know it was going to be on the Red Hat State. Like, I didn't have any idea what was really going on. So that was just crazy. You're making waves and Thank they noticed. You. Thank yeah. you. And uh, Hopscotch does a pretty good job of trying to like stack all the venues with like cohesive sounds or like yeah. a lineup that people would go to see anyways. Mm -hmm. So I think putting you on with Miguel was not only like a big step for you, but like a good thing for them on yeah, that part. I think that's, I think that's what they needed. They definitely needed like a, I guess a more R&B act, you know, and it just yeah. worked out for me, I think. Did you uh, did you end up getting to meet Miguel at all? I met Miguel's brother. We actually got to hang out with Miguel's brother. Like, he had this $2,000 bottle of tequila, um, and he was just, like, sharing it with everyone backstage. Oh, my God. Um, I, I feel like... I waved. I didn't meet Miguel, but I met all of the people in his entourage just because I didn't want to be the person that was like super duper pressed. But right, right. Um, I did meet Division that night. Um, and Miguel, it started raining like into my last song. It started raining. So we had to, um, he actually let us use his van and just like, yeah, everyone that was there with me got to get in the van and just kind of chill in there until until the rain that's pretty nice yeah. actually yeah and shout out to his brother with the two thousand dollar tequila bottle uh, we, I, we didn't even i didn't even know it was his brother my, <laughs> like my friends were just i was like who is this guy like what are y'all doing i imagine he gets that a lot because it's <laughs> like oh who are you i'm miguel's brother oh you're miguel's brother yeah no definitely yeah yeah definitely um you know that's actually uh gonna lead me into a pretty interesting question mm -hmm. so hopscotch did a good job of putting you on the bill with miguel if you could design a bill with yourself on it and put any artists in history on it. Let's do a three-band bill. Let's say you open and then two of your favorites afterwards. Ooh. Who would you love to perform with? Well, okay, see, I think the management experience that I have is going to probably cause me to say something different than who I would love to perform with. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, like, who would make sense? Like, what bill would I, you know, would make the most sense? I would you can probably give us say, two answers. Okay, cool. Okay. So the one that I feel like would make the most sense, I would probably say SZA um, and um, I'll go with Rihanna because of the, like, Caribbean flair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like that would be that would be one that makes the most sense. And then for who I would just love to, I'm just, I just love Drake. So yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that I just, I just really want to, I want to sit in on some Drake music sessions. Cause that's another artist that I admire for their ability to just be super, um, like 
universal or just Mm -hmm. you know appeal to so many different markets and the way that his music hits it's just like it hits the same everywhere you know right everyone uh everyone's in their feelings yeah (laughs) everyone's in their feelings like it makes everybody kind of like everybody enjoys it the same he's just a Mm -hmm. very very good songwriter so personal shout out to drake we are both canadians although oh cool i'm not from the six i'm not far from toronto though where are you from i'm from ottawa actually okay my one of my best friends in um elementary school was from ottawa oh very very cool and my um my sister lives in montreal my father's from montreal yeah mm-hmm. my sister lives in montreal and then my um i have like a million cousins in montreal too so it's a it's a beautiful city because yeah. i i i really like it just a side note about montreal because it's got all of like the historic french development mm-hmm. but it's also one of like the larger cities in canada so you yeah. get like a mix of best of both worlds and it's an oasis of culture that you know the rest of whitewashed Canada doesn't really get. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. Although the French can be prudes at times. <laughs> it's a beautiful place to be. Yeah, they always, um, people always look at me funny when I speak in Canada because obviously it's a different accent. Mm, oh, like, Parisian French. Yeah. Well, is it? Is that what it is? Um, are you speaking like, did you learn to speak French in France? I learned, yeah. Well, in Cameroon, but it's like, like, I I would say I I have a Cameroonian slash Parisian accent when I speak French. Got it. Whereas like um you know Quebec, the Quebec accent is completely different. Absolutely, it's like a completely different dialect. Exactly. So I, I think that people think that you're kind of snobby when you don't speak it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but they also, also I don't understand. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember my dad told me the story when we were growing up. Um. He went to France. He worked for a pharmaceutical sales company and just went around the world, just like, you know, working with business people. Um, And he was in France at one time and they were speaking in French and just like making fun of Americans and assuming that he was an American. He chimed in in French and goes, no, I'm like, I can hear you. I know what you're saying about me. And then they continued to mock him for having a bad accent. Yeah, no, (laughs) Parisians are kind of known for being, you know, very, very um, uppity. Yeah, I didn't say it. <laughs> That's okay. It. You know what? Yeah. Paris is your home. You're allowed to say it if you want to. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than Hopscotch, do you have a favorite show that you've done in the past or one that you just really enjoyed? Ooh. Mm. Favorite show. I think that I uh, I had my own show at MotorCo in Durham. That was really cool because... Like you were the headliner? Yeah, Very I was cool. the headliner. It was... Um, it was like a listening party for my project that I was going to be releasing Never Leave Quietly. And I really liked that one just because I got to put a lot, uh, I got to put a lot, a lot into it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to have my, like my projector and like choose, you know, I, I was able to kind of design the set a little right. bit. Um, and I thought that was cool. And I think it was just a really good way for me to um, just get a feel for who my music is connecting with, like who, you know, um, how far the brand has reached, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I enjoyed that. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, and the Motorco is like a pretty lar- large venue. Yeah. Um, when Young Bull was in the studio the other day, uh, they talked about how they headlined the Motorco, but previously had been doing like a Young Bull Thanksgiving thing every year. Uh-huh. And it used to be at the Pinhook, but they stepped it up and sold out the Motorco. And they were like super excited yeah, about that. Yeah. I mean, they're so good. They're super good. They are super talented. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so are you. And you're, all, you're playing the same bill the same night. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be really exciting. Yeah. I mean, I've, I feel like. I feel like I've done a lot of shows with or next to Young Bull and I've never really like t- 
talk to them. <laughs> well, from my uh, limited interview that I had with them, and yeah. not even the full group, I only had three of the members. They were really cool, really receptive, yeah. um, very, very talented guys. Yeah, I mean, and they did they did hopscotch too. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, I did not get to see their set. I was. Um, I don't remember where I was during their set that night, but um, I was all over the city yeah. for hopscotch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, I just lost my train of thought. But never leave quietly. Yes, you released it at Motorco. How long ago was that? So that was the listening party for it, and there was like there were some hiccups in between the listening party and the release. It happens. But um, the um the listening party was like early last year, and I just officially released it a couple uh. I'm going to say like a week or two before Hopscotch because mm-hmm. I wanted it to be available for people who, you know, were hearing about me because, I mean, Hopscotch was going crazy. Like they right. were just like promoting like crazy. So I wanted people to have access to this music just so they could come and, you know, enjoy it and stuff. Um, So that was in August. I think I, I let it go in August. Yeah. What's your favorite uh, song off of Never Leave Quietly? It changes. It changes so right much. Right now. Yeah. Right now. Um. right now if you can't think of one my follow-up question would be which one do you think has been received the best well i think that illegal has been received the best just because i did that's the one song that has a video right now Mm -hmm. um it has a video and it has a message it was just and it was super personal and the timing of when i I released it was also super like it was it was just a very timely record and it was a new introduction to my sound. I had done, you know, I'd really be other comfortable talking about the message that you put out in that video. Yeah. Um, I, well, it's a song that I wrote at a time where I was undocumented. I was an undocumented immigrant for, um, a while, a couple of years. And, um, I just kind of felt like I was in a tough spot. You know, I was in a tough spot because this was also, um, I'm not going to say I, I usually say like the height of like a um a, just a very um politically charged time. I mean, it was there's you know, been a lot of xenophobia in the media yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was just like um another time in which we were really starting to face the you know the concept of police brutality. Yeah. Um. In I think it was like 2017. So and that was really I mean it was really impacting me and at the same time I felt like I couldn't I was this woman of color who was affected by the situation but also I was undocumented so I felt like I didn't have um the right to say anything. A lot of uh intersectional struggles right there that you needed to exactly. Yeah. I, th- I just felt like I was very, um, the stakes were really, really high for me. Of course. You know, if I had to, you know, if I were to comment and, um, I just f- felt like this was the easiest way for me to give myself a voice and to give, um, women who were in the same predicament as me a voice, you know? So, um, all of the lyrics kind of came from me. I remember I, I, I canceled my session to record the, um, the first version of illegal to go to, um, I guess they're now call, calling it the Charlotte uprisings, but this was after yes, the, those riots. Mm-hmm, the I murder. was living in Charlotte at time, uh, at the time, um, of the initial shooting and then the subsequent riots. Um, some of my like old high school, like teachers were there. Uh-huh, so um, yeah. Yeah. And- I, I went there for that and I um, remember my family prevented me from going because they were worried it was going to get too dangerous 
and I don't even mean to get extra, but I mean it it did. It got dangerous. It did. But from from what I saw, I mean it got dangerous once the riot squad came. Yeah. So oh, for sure. Yeah. That, uh, so police they were, come in tense and ready for a fight. It's almost yeah. priming it to happen, you know, a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, it was just super antagonizing and just kind of like, all right. So that's kind of when it went left and I mean what I saw that that night, I just was super, super moved. And um, yeah, I felt like that was the only outlet for me. I mean, I was just in a super tight spot. I had I quit my job, so I couldn't go find another one. Um, I, I couldn't, I didn't, I had um, broken my lease. So I was just kind of like crashing at a friend's house. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just have so much to say right now. Like, mm-hmm. where am I going to put it? And um and you made some pretty banging music yeah, with it. Yeah, I'm I'm really proud of that. I'm Not really to downplay your struggles by talking about how great your music is. I think it's um the low points that really just how do I say this? It stands out and it really shows in the final production that you've put out how much emotion and power you felt going into this and how powerless you felt. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I mean, and that was kind of the first time I was able to do that. So it was a very, it was rewarding for me. And then to be able to put the video together and work with um, predominantly women, I I would say it was probably like 90% women, cast and crew, et cetera. So that was really cool. It was directed by women. Um, all of the, you know, the women, the people in the shoot were women. Like it was mm-hmm. just, it was perfect. It was everything I wanted it to be. That is fantastic. Yeah. And uh tying it into my own life um i actually tweeted the other day and it's kind of i'm not gonna say it's blowing up but like it's been getting a little bit of attention because um i'm a social work major and i was just gushing on the internet about how um almost all of my social work classes have predominantly female students predominantly female professors and um and it just it was really supportive for me to be in a chosen major surrounded by people like me of like different backgrounds and um creeds and colors but like we're all we are the empathetic sex i will say on record we are the better Mm -hmm. sex (laughs) i'm with you on that Mm -hmm. girl power Mm -hmm. um so leading into that speaking of women powerful women and then yourself where do you see yourself going as an artist in the future i am super duper interested in going the uh, publishing route i think that having done this for a long time i think i am the parts that I love are the studio parts. Like I love to be in the studio. I love writing music. I think the part that um, I love but is more stressful for me um, is definitely like the performance side. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that has to do with the fact that I don't have a team and I don't have management. Um, so it's just like me doing a lot of like logistics that mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, I wish I could kind of pass this off to somebody. Um, but so in the future, I definitely see myself writing songs for um, other artists, you know, and being able to tell other people's stories. Um, yeah. Do you have any connections to the music industry that could get your uh, your foot in the door with, um, I guess, helping other artists out like that? Um, I I do. Actually, I do. And I just haven't really um, pulled the trigger yet. Okay, well, uh, yeah. we'll definitely have to keep an eye and ear on you in the future to see yes, how please, that comes out. But in do. regards to your personal project, mm-hmm. um, do you have anything that might be released sometime soon? Um, I'm actually shooting a video right now uh, for a song called Jeweler. Um, and it's featuring 
my bestie, Danny Blaze. And um, so I'm doing that video with... He was the guy that you managed that we mm-hmm. mentioned earlier. Yes, yes. I managed him for a while. Um, and then I, I'm shooting that with um, Torch House Media. So um, they actually do some videos for Young Bull. I mean, he, he does some videos for Young Bull. So we just kind of got together for the first time on a music video. And that should be really, really cool. So I'm excited to finish that up and share that with everybody. And what can we expect from your Double Barrel Benefit set? Is it going to be all music that's been already released? Anything new that we might hear? And Ooh. how are you as a performer? I, I get super duper nervous. Like, really, really bad. Um, I think, well, I, I come with some, you know, some dancers. They kind of like spice it up i think i would say just expect expect a lot of sauce a lot of sassiness a lot of sauce yeah too hard okay (laughs) exactly Exactly. well i am definitely looking forward to it i will be there probably both nights okay cool um no definitely both nights i don't (laughs) like i'm interviewing all these artists i want to see all of them (laughs) i'm gonna have to um but just for the audience before we sign off you yeah. want to give any final comments you know come out to double barrel benefit what night you're playing what time absolutely. you're playing absolutely come out to the double barrel benefit february 2nd um i'm going on right before young bull i don't know what time yet but you should come for the entire entire show mm-hmm. um yes and follow me on instagram at first name mbala so that's f-i-r-s-t name you know how to spell that mbala is M B A. L-L-A, and that's um, across the board, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. And where can they find your music if they want to check you out before the set? If you want to check me out before the set, definitely uh, Spotify, Tidal, iTunes, don't uh, don't discriminate, whatever you got to do. I'm on there as Mbala, M-8-A-L-L-A. Mm-hmm. So you switched the, the B for an A. Yeah, that came kind of last minute because... It's kind of cool. Yeah, it was after Illegal. And I was like, ooh, like this is... It was Illegal and then another song on there called Fickle. And it was just like, okay, this is kind of like aggressive, but a lot of this is super duper vulnerable. And so I'm I'm still being like feminine on here. So the eight was like like the shape of a woman's body kind of symbolic wow. of that but okay. then an m8 is an assault rifle so okay yeah, yeah. that so is very like. very cool lots of layers to that mm-hmm. and i felt like it just kind of captured the essence of my music altogether. you'll you'll get you'll get a lot of both it'll be super aggressive in some parts and then in other parts it'll be like i said super vulnerable and kind of sweet and etc well, you really are an artist that does it all. You manage, you produce your own music, <laughs> you do your own shows. You're from all over the world. Yeah. What is not to like? So oh. February 2nd, Mbala, right before Young Bull, come out to King's Raleigh, Double Barrel Benefit, night two for WKNC. Thank yeah. you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> all right. This has been The Local Beat with WKNC, DJ Beowulf, out.